You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we mentioned when we looked at the first Mishnayot in the 10th chapter that the sexual relationship of someone who's below majority, in other words, below the age of 13, doesn't seem doesn't generally carry legal significance because actually the act of anybody who's less than 13 years old doesn't carry legal significance and yet there's always a yet in the case of yibum there's a problem because we've learned already that the sexual act that if you like consummates the yibum that makes the yibum work seems to work and the sages make this clear whether intentionally or unintentionally in other words intentionality is not required for you but when the mishnah made this clear way back i think in the sixth chapter so that means that the the act of someone who's below the age of majority does have some significance. And we learned yesterday that the sages equate this to ma'amar. A ma'amar is a sort of rabbinic betrothal ceremony, which the yabam would perform with the yivamar. Essentially, he promised to carry out yibum. And a ma'amar is... It doesn't have the weight of a full yibum, but it, nevertheless, it requires a get to unwind it. So it's a serious deal. Let's just keep that in mind. And, and the rabbis equated the, the a sexual relationship with a nine-year, uh, in terms of yibum, the sexual relationship with a boy of underage as equivalent to ma'amar. In other words, it, 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 it's a, it, it doesn't entirely define yibum, but it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a halfway house. So let's have a look at the Mishnah. Ben Teisha Shanim Vayomichad Shiba Ali Yivimto, a boy of nine years old and one day, had intercourse with his Yivama, with his sister-in-law, his brother's deceased. And afterwards, with her rival wife. So this his brother must have been married to two women. So they both need Yibum. Or, sorry, they both may potentially need Yibum. But the halacha is, as soon as one of them has received Yibum or Chalitza, she essentially, um, she breaks the bond. As soon as one of them has received Yibum or Chalitza, the other one is free. And yet, in this particular case, so... In this particular case, the Mishnah teaches, afterwards he had intercourse with her rival wife, he has disqualified, and the Mishnah means he's disqualified both of them, from himself, i.e. he can no longer, he can, he, 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 he can no longer have a relationship with either of them. And of course, we learned this in the case of someone who carried out Ma'amar twice. So the case of a brother, this is an adult brother. Uh, his, um, his, 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 he has two sister-in-laws. So his brother must have been married to two women. He did ma'amar with this one and ma'amar with that one. So he's now connected to both, to both of his brother's wives. And 
the relationship of Yibum is strictly one-on-one. It can't be one-on-two. And so the rabbis rule, Srichot, Shnei, Gitin, Vachalitza. They need two Gitin and Chalitza. At least, well, they need one, you only need one Chalitza between the two of them, because once one Chalitza is performed, they're both free. But they need two Gitin. In other words, the, this you, you can't have a dual relationship. In Yibum, it has to be a one-on-one relationship. So that the situation of an adult carrying out ma'amar with both with 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 both wives is an impossible situation which needs to be unwound. And that this is actually the situation that this boy of nine years old and one day has got into. He's had intercourse with his Yivama and with the other wife. And we've said this is equivalent to two ma'amars. But interestingly, the rabbis do not make him give a get. Well, first of all, he doesn't have legal capacity, so he can't give a get. He's got no capacity to give a get. But they rule Pasal more. He's disqualified both of them because he can't now carry on and marry one of them because he's had intercourse with the other, and he can't marry the other because he's had intercourse with the one. He's in a kind of a double bind. And Rabbi Shimon is going to follow the line that we've already seen in these Mishnayot. Rabbi Shimon is not sure whether the sexual act of a nine-year-old is valid or not, but he he doesn't see gray areas. Either it is or it isn't. And the Mishnah goes on, Rabbi Shimon Omer, lo fasal. Rabbi Shimon says he does not disqualify them. And Rabbi Shimon's reasoning seems to be a bit, well, let, let me bit like a bit uh, seems to be as follows let me try and describe it if if the, the if the first one works if the sexual relationship of a nine-year-old is okay if it, if it works legally then the intercourse with the second wife has is has no significance at all the first one the first yibum work the first sexual act works the yibum works Whatever happens with the rival wife later might be illegal. It might be a, it, it might be forbidden, but it doesn't invalidate. It does not invalidate the yibum. If, on the other hand, the sexual act of a not a boy who's nine year old and one day has no legal significance, well, in that case, neither act has any legal significance. So neither of them are disqualified. So Rabbi Shimon is saying, look, we can't have it both ways. Either one of them, either one of them is married or neither of them are married. But they can't both be somehow kind of half caught. It's, it, Rabbi Shimon basically rejects the idea that the sexual act of, an, of a boy of nine years old in one day is like Ma'amar. He, he just he doesn't hold that way. He goes black or white. And we'll see him carry on with this view through the rest of the Mishnayon. So let's keep going. So let's say this boy of nine years old and one day had intercourse with his Yevama, and then he died. He died. And we're going to assume, by the way, that he has a surviving brother. So this poor woman, this poor woman, her first husband's died. She's had intercourse with her husband's younger brother, nine years old. He's died. And there's a surviving brother. There's a surviving brother. 
And the Mishnah is going to say, She must have Chalitza. She can't have Yibum. We're not going according to Rabbi Shimon now. Obviously, if the sexual act of the nine-year-old had been real Yibum, obviously she could just have then had Yibum with the third brother. She'd been fully married. And then she could have, once her new husband had died, she could have Yibum with the third brother. But in this case, she's sort of halfway. She's sort of halfway. She's still connected. That The Yibum that was triggered by the death of her first husband hasn't really been ended by the, the sexual relationship with the nine-year-old. Remember, we said that's a gray area. And yet, maybe he's married to her, maybe he isn't. And of course, now that he's died, she has two potential ties of Yibum. One from the first death, one from the death of her first husband, and one from the death of her second husband. And we can't, we've said, Yibum is a one-on-one -on -one relationship. We can't have a one-on-two relationship. The rabbis rule, she must give chalitza, she can't have Yibum. And along the same lines, this nine-year-old, let's say he married someone and then he died. She doesn't, she's exempt. That means she's exempt from Yibum completely because this is not a real marriage. A nine-year-old can't contract a valid marriage. And if you're not validly married, you're not liable to Yibum and Chalitza. The, the sexual act of a nine-year-old is not a legal marriage. That's essentially what this Mishnah is teaching. And it's going to carry on with two more examples just to flesh these out and to finish the chapter. So this boy, he of nine years, and one day he had intercourse with his Yavama, and then after he'd come of age, he married another woman. And we're going to presume now that he died. Why do we presume he died? Well, we are in the, 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 the Masechet of Yivamot. So we're all, we are into dead husbands. And the printed text says he died, umet. As it happens, the Kaufman manuscript does not say umet. And that's why I put it in square brackets in this source sheet. The Kaufman doesn't say umet. But we've already noted, by the way, that the Kaufman manuscript seems to be a bit confused around this point. This, this page and the previous page are just full of corrections and they don't all make sense. So in this case, kind of, okay, with the square brackets, we're going with the printed text and it makes sense. So after he'd come of age, he married another woman and he died. Okay. If he hadn't had intercourse with the first one after he'd become of age. So let's just scenarioize this. We are presuming not only he died, but he dies childless. He dies childless because we're in Yivamot, right? Of course he dies childless. So there's going to be a question as to whether his two wives are liable for Yibum. The first one is the one that is his Yivama, who he had intercourse with when he was nine years and one day old. And the second one is the one he married when he after he passed the age of majority. And of course, the Mishnah is going to say, well, hang on. Maybe he had, had intercourse with the first one after he came of age. Maybe there was some kind of secondary act of intercourse which would complete the Yibum. 
But if that didn't happen, if he didn't have intercourse with the first woman after he'd become of age, well, he's got one wife who he's sort of half married to and a second wife who he's really married to. So it doesn't surprise us that the Mishnah is going to say, the second one can have Chalitza or Yibum, but the first one, Harishona, Choletzet Velo Mitya Bemet. The first one, the one who's kind of dubiously married in the first place, she has to have Chalitza and she's not going to have Yibum. And we're not surprised by this now because we're, we're getting used to this idea of the marriage that doesn't quite work. She has to have Chalitza, she can't have Yibum. And of course, Rabbi Shimon is going to disagree. Because Rabbi Shimon is not into gray areas. He's into black and white. So Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, look, the surviving brother can perform Yibum with whichever one he wants. And he must perform Chalitza for the second one. What's Rabbi Shimon's reasoning? Well, if it is a real marriage, then he can, obviously he can perform Yibum with whatever he wants. If it's not a real marriage, if it's not a real marriage, then the second one requires chalitza. If it's not a real marriage, the second one must have chalitza. So that's the explanation for cholets lashnia. He has to, he has to, um, he has to give chalitza to the second one. If he doesn't give her yibum, of course. Obviously, if he chooses to give her yibum, that that's fine. That's fine. But he, he doesn't have to perform chalitza for the first one, but he does have to perform chalitza for the second one. Sorry, if 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 he if he marries the second one, in case sorry, in case the first one's the real marriage, he has to perform chalitza. Echad. And then the Mishnah, this chapter is now going to close with a definition of coming of age. And this is going to be, this is, this applies right through the second half of the chapter and in other situations as well. And remember, we've learned, by the way, about someone, we've learned about a eunuch and a eunuch has got a different, a, a eunuch has a different halakhic status. And we've learned about someone who is what they call um, a, a son eunuch, someone who's a eunuch from birth, who's essentially never developed sexual organs. So let's just keep that in mind. The same applies to someone who's nine years old in one day, in other words, who hasn't reached the age of majority. Or someone who's 20 years old. And actually, the Gemara is going to extend this to the age of 35. Someone who's way over the age of 13, but actually hasn't reached physical puberty. And once he gets to 35, I think we're going to declare he's a eunuch. But until he reaches that age, he's someone who essentially hasn't legally come of age. Thank you for listening to this edition of the 
Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.